And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones. And today we have an exciting, exciting program prepared for you today as we're going to be talking about the second coming of the Lord, the coming in his flesh. So we hope that you can stay tuned to today's program. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if you will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word, Lord, uh, your word that helps to discern good from evil, from lies, from truth. And Lord, today we hope to do that as we decide uh, through your word, because you give us discernment who and what an Antichrist is. So thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for all those who are tuned in. We pray, pray for blessings upon us in your precious and wonderful name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Again, you tuned in to The Truth Will Set You Free. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're covering a very important subject matter, talking about the coming of the Lord uh, in the flesh. And of course, for those of you that are part of the program, we would encourage you uh, to get your Bibles ready. And for those of you that are note takers, uh, to be ready to jot down some notes as we dive into this incredible small book if you will, epistle of Second John. So this way you can follow along with us and be part of the program. And of course, an exciting program. Nathan Jones, it's great to have you on the program. I'm so excited that you are back on the air with me. Hey, brother, I had to take a week off to go to uh, the Louisiana Bible Prophecy Conference. Thank you for your patience while I was gone. But uh, it's fantastic that we get here at Landline Ministries to go to different conferences and preach and teach and I got to go down there and share the gospel with the uh, East Ridge Baptist Church in Lake Charles, Louisiana. And Excellent. Go to conference afterwards. So it's been great, brother. It's been really great. Good to be back with you all and, and back into the Word of God. Fantastic. Well, Nathan, it's it's kind of neat. I really uh, love that about what the Lord is doing with you in the ministry as you get to travel around and just get to know some wonderful uh, ministries and pastors uh, also behind the scenes. And, and I'm sure it's a great encouragement when they can have guest speakers such as yourself or Dr. Reagan to encourage them in a subject matter that not, not many churches want to talk about. And that has to do with Bible prophecy. You know, it's interesting. Obviously, the Calvary chapels and some Southern Baptist churches are still in Bible prophecy. But for the most part, the era of churches being passionate about Bible prophecy seems to have gone with the ending of the Left Behind books. And that's really wow. sad because we live in a time where so many Bible prophecies are coming together. Jesus Christ is about to knock on the door. He's right around the corner. But our churches are falling into that Laodicean malaise that was prophesied right. that they would be as interested about Jesus coming. And it's sad, man. It's truly sad because we're depriving the blessings that yeah. Revelation 1-3 says that they receive a blessing when they study Bible prophecy. Excellent point. And Nathan, and this is why as we as we look through the word of God, you and I have touched a number of topics dealing with uh, the coming lawless one, the deception that is coming, the coming of the Antichrist, the spirit of the Antichrist, and also just uh, the all the different uh, uh, lies uh, being taught out there, especially when it has to do with uh, what the end times or the coming of the Lord. Uh, and uh, we have occultic teaching ministries out there, churches that teach erroneously about the coming of the Lord. And the hope that we have uh, is being, if you will, washed away because of the lack or the erroneous type of teaching of Bible prophecy. So I'm so glad for your ministry and your solid teaching when it comes to these topics. Well, Jesus warned in the last times, remember he said three times in Matthew 24 that the right. number one sign that would indicate the return of Jesus Christ would be false prophets and false teachers. If you go to the cult watching website, watch.org, you'll find that there mm -hmm. are 1,200 religious organizations and 500 
wow. in the United States. Uh, so we live in a time of tremendous false teaching, and there's a reason for that. It's yeah. the spirit of the Antichrist, as the Bible says. The purpose is to hide the Word of God by drowning it out in a cacophony of false teaching. Mm, excellent point. And Nathan, and we're finding that more and more as we continue to approach the last of the last days, we're going to see deception increase. We're going to see many Christians falling away from the truth, walking away from the truth, uh, being deceived by all the nonsense that is going on. And this is why even the Apostle John, even during his time, even during the early churches of the planting of the church, he began to warn the believers back then to take heed to the deception that was coming. And you and I have been making our way through some incredible uh, Bible prophecy nuggets found in the New Testament in 1st, 2nd uh, John. And uh, we're going to continue looking at that there as we look at 2nd John uh, chapter 1, uh, beginning on verse 4 through verse 11. But of course, uh, some people might say, well, Pastor Vic, there is no 2nd uh, John chapter 1 uh, in verses, because it's only one chapter, so some people just say verse, but we're going to call it chapter one for the sake of someone who maybe is not familiar with it, so they can follow along with us. Right, it's, it's one of the smallest books of the Bible. It's, it's, it's only one chapter long. It's a letter that the Apostle John wrote to eight uh, elders, an elect lady. Uh, a lot of uh, theologians believe when reference the lady, it's term for the church, so he's writing the church. Right. Uh, it could be an actual woman, but it seems more like he's, he's personifying the church and warning them about deception. Now, it didn't take long before uh, Christ was crucified, resurrected, and ascended, before false prophets and false teachers started coming out of the woodwork in order to hide the word of God and yeah. drown out the gospel in a myriad of false teachings. And Unfortunately, uh, uh, most of the early church writings that you read up into the first and second centuries are the early church fathers and the apostles battling heresy yeah. and false teachings that were creeping into the church so that the gospel would stay pure. Mm, excellent point. And Nathan, all through our history, and, and the Bible does say that in the last days, there's going to be an increase. Matthew chapter 24 talks about uh, an increase, uh, a deception. And that's what we're going to be looking at here. Uh, a small chapter, a small letter, second jump, but yet very powerful and very precise. So yeah, Nathan, if you can open us up there, uh, beginning on verse four, uh, we'll work our way through this. This is a fantastic passage. Right. Well, the Apostle John begins in 2 John, verses 4 through 6, with a command to walk in Christ's commandments. He says, I rejoice greatly that I have found some of your children walking in truth as we receive commandments from the Father. Now I came to you, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment to you, but mm -hmm. that which we have had from the very beginning, that we love one another. Mm -hmm. This is love, that we walk according to his commandments. Yes. This is the commandment, that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. I, I love that. There's, a, I think, a teacher by the name of James McDonald. His program is Walk in the Word. And uh, <laughs> the beginning of the program, he always says, walk, walk in the Word. This is the way. So <laughs> I, I, always, I always remember that, that opening song. And when I'm reading here, it's the same way, Nathan. We are to walk in truth and we are to walk in love. It's like that other Christian song that we will know we are Christians by our love. Yes. And that's what he's saying. Because yeah. Paul teaches there's no love. It's, it's about self-glorification or even glorifying Satan. It's usually centered around a dynamic personality and everything about the cult is for them. It's not about love for one another and love for God. And that's really the command that Jesus said. The two greatest commands yes. are 
love God, which is vertical, and love each other, which is horizontal. All the law, everything yep. about the Bible can be tied to love God and love each other. And that's, that's right. John's reiterating, because this is a new command. You've already done Jesus gave it, you know, years, if not decades earlier. Love one another. And by that love, you will know who the Christians are. Mm. You know, Nathan, someone said they don't care how high you jump, but it's how walk, how straight you walk when you land. And uh, there's there's a lot of people jumping and, and making noise. Right. But at the end of the day is our walk with the Lord. Are we walking in love? Are we walking in truth? And Nate, you and I, we're so excited. We, we get so excited to find out, especially when churches continue to teach the truth of the solid word of God when they're not wavering, when they're not compromising. And I just think it's fantastic, this encouragement. Right, and that's the purpose of this letter, I believe, is not only to warn and to help the church discern against false teachers, but to remind them about love and to encourage them. That, that was a, it was a tough time again. You know, there's a lot of persecution of the right. church uh, as the Christianity started being seen as a cult and as a threat to Roman emperor worship, a threat to Judaism. The Jews would come in and they would start Judaizing the Christians, saying, "Hey, you know, you can be a Christian, but you still have to follow the law." And then on the other side, you had the Greek thought, and the Greek thought was that um, everything material was evil, and everything spiritual had to be good. Right. And this is where we get into the next part in Second John, where John's warning against this, this teaching of the agnostics, as they were called, a Greek thinking that materialism was evil and spirituality was good. Mm, excellent point. Yes, Nathan, you can take us through those verses. That is fantastic. Well, verse 7 begins, For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we work for, but that we may receive a full reward. Woo! Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ as both the Father and Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring his doctrine, do not receive him into your house or freedom. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. So we actually got two sections there. I guess I got ahead of myself by taking verse 9. But when you read verse 7 and 8, what the Apostle John is saying here is, hey, you can recognize these false deceivers, these, these antichrists, not the antichrist, but someone who works against Christ. The antichrist right. is that they deny one major thing. They deny that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came as a man. Nathan, that is amazing because there's some occultic teachers where they teach, well, uh, Jesus was not God and the Holy Spirit, they're not one, that he was just a good, uh, a good person. But no, that's not what the Bible teaches. Right, not at all. These Gnostics were teaching that. They believed they had this secret wisdom that nobody else had, that God was giving them knowledge that only they shared here. You see it again, right? It's not about loving one another, but yeah. it's about glorifying themselves. And they were coming and saying, Jesus didn't come as a man. He couldn't have the degree thought. Because if he came in the flesh, flesh is evil, and therefore God would be evil, and that couldn't possibly be. So what the Gnostics taught was is that Jesus was a spirit being, a spirit that appeared as a man, but wasn't really a man. Now, that is totally unbiblical, because right. you know, by the Holy Spirit, Mary conceived and gave birth physically to a son in the flesh, we know Jesus has fleshly needs, That's right. uh, such as he had to eat and take care of himself. He suffered on a cross. There was physical suffering. Uh, he had temptations of the flesh. I'm sure 
Uh, he was tested by women and other things that he obviously overcame. Right. But he was tested, but he didn't fall to them. He lived in the flesh so that he may relate to mankind and die as a perfect man. So this was really one of the ultimate deceptions of that time and even this time, that Jesus came as a spirit, but not as a man. But that then deprived Jesus of his humanity, which was necessary for the salvation of Mm-hmm. And Nathan, and this is why when I was looking through this uh, this small book, that's what caught my attention, because the second coming of the Lord, when the Lord returns, he is going, and it's not going to be a spirit, it's going to be a physical being who's coming back to this earth. Right. The Gnostics would also teach, and again, it's a Greek thought, that when we get to heaven, that we too will be spirit beings. We mm-hmm. will not have physical bodies. We'll be like ghosts. We'll be floating around in the clouds in an ethereal heaven. That is not at all what the Bible describes. Right. You can read through Revelation, for instance, and read about the martyrs. They're, they're, they're dead, and they're, they're before the throne, and they're singing, and they're wearing robes, and the church is up there, and the church is celebrating the marriage of the Lamb, and they're wearing crowns, and, you know, ghosts don't need clothes and crowns <laughs> and food. We will have spirit bodies, yes, but they'll be tangible bodies. God yeah. alone is spirit. But God the Father is, is spirit, but everybody else has a body. So we will have a body. So this idea that Jesus would be unholy if he didn't have a body is nonsense. And the reason for this is because the Holy Spirit conceived with Mary and created Jesus Christ. The sin nature travels from Adam, from man to man. It's called the seminal sin through the the semen, basically. Mankind's sin nature comes from man. Well, Jesus had a human body but he did not have the sin nature that came through Adam. Therefore, he was still pure and holy. I love that. Wow, Nathan, what an incredible testimony. And Nathan, I don't, and, and this is why we see how heresy and, uh, uh, and lies creep in even into the church where years later, people start believing this nonsense. I mean, it wasn't really that long ago before Thomas, who didn't believe, wanted to physically touch Jesus after his resurrection. Excellent point. Yeah, Jesus said, here, I'm not a ghost. Touch me or feel me. Or when the apostles were out fishing, Jesus was on the shore, and they thought he was a ghost. He said, here, to prove I'm not a ghost, put some fish up, give me some honeycomb, and I'm going to eat that. So it's clear that Jesus had a body both before he was crucified and after he resurrected. Matter of fact, his resurrected body is the template for all our bodies, which they will be like when one day we're in our resurrected bodies and are glorified. Excellent point. And Nathan, and this is why it's amazing, because also the Bible teaches when the Lord comes and he sets his foot on the Mount of Olives, it's going to physically split. In other words, the topography of the area is going to be changed. Excellent point. Yes. No ghost hits the ground and puts <laughs> the mountain into. I mean, when Jesus lands back on the earth, the force of it will be, you know, like the Hulk in one of the Avengers movies. They'll land on the ground with crack. Matter of fact, but when Jesus lands, lands so hard that right. the mountain literally cracks opposite of the direction of the valley uh, and the Kidron Valley and creates a whole new valley. So, yeah, ghosts can't do that. This is Jesus Christ as a body, pure and simple. Now, these Gnostics, this is what, what happens with all false teachings, yeah. is that they bring external teaching to the Bible instead of letting the Bible teach us what the truth is. Mm. And this, we see this again and again. You've got this Mr. Joseph Smith, you know, believe that we're all going to come God. So he applied that to the Bible. Instead of letting the Bible teach, no, we're not going to become God one day. We're, we're heirs right. and co-heirs with Christ, but we're not God. Absolutely. But the Gnostics, 
they were coming, bringing Greek teaching to the Bible instead of letting the Bible say, hey, no, these Greek teachings are wrong. And Nathan, and we talked a little bit about that. That's what Islam, their promise, right, uh, of, of heaven is way different than what the Bible teaches. Yeah, well, the, the, the Muslims actually come from the complete opposite side. They don't teach that spirituality is good and physicality is bad. Matter of fact, they're paranoid. <laughs> nothing but physical sensuality. It's, to them, paradise is sitting under a tree, drinking wine, eating grapes, and having sex with endless amounts of virgins. It, it, it's not biblical at all. But that's right. what Muhammad brought into Islam when he was trying to recruit young men to fight for him. If he promised them that they died as martyrs, they would receive endless food and sex. And that's a shame, too, because as nice as heaven would be materialistically, uh, again, heaven doesn't say anything about sex. And I don't believe we will have sex. Remember, Jesus said we will be like the angels. We will not be given in marriage, which means we won't be having sex. But we'll have something greater, and that's a spiritual unity with Jesus Christ as a as a bride is to a groom. And right. for us guys, I know, because... You know, we have a hard time picturing ourselves in union with Christ, but it's different than human physicality. It's a spiritual bond with our creator. Amen. And, and you know, Nathan, and, that, and that's a very good point, because what we're noticing is that, <clears throat> excuse me, some of the, the, the deception that we're seeing is, uh, like it says here in the word, it is the, the, the it says, whoever do, does not uh, confess, uh, and we find that, True faith brings about uh, true confession, and it's not based on, on, on us, but it's based on our relationship with Jesus, what, what he did, how he died, how he rose, uh, and, and why he died for us. And this is why when someone, uh, when the Bible talks about someone being born again, it talks about confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart. And really, that's where salvation starts. Excellent, yeah. Well, verse 9 is the contrast to what we've earlier where John said, hey, you know that you're a Christian and the people are telling the truth that there's love, genuine love for one another. That's a sign of a Christian. But uh, look here, these, these antichrists, these false teachers, they do not abide in the doctrine of Christ. In other words, they're bringing their own doctrine into the Bible and right. teaching it. It shows, as John says here, they do not have God. Those who abide in the doctrine of Christ, in other words, those who look to the Bible and let the Bible teach them yeah. are the true Christ, they're not creating their own Christ yes. by bringing preconceptions into the Bible. Excellent point. And Nathan, also, you know, two verses also that really uh, uh, jump at me. Verse seven says, many deceivers have gone out. And, and, and you and I talked about this in Matthew chapter 24. One of the signs of the last day's deception is that there will be, is the word many, many false prophets, many deceivers, many lies. Right. And that's how Jesus answered uh, apostles asked him at the temple. They, they asked him, uh, what's the signs that will lead up to the fall of the temple, the end of the age, being the church age, and leading up to the second coming? And Jesus answered him with all the same signs, but with each of these three ages, the signs would increase in frequency and intensity. Mm-hmm. Yes, there were false prophets leading up to the fall of the temple in 70 AD. Even more so today, lots and lots of false teachers and false prophets leading yeah. to the rapture of the church, which ends the age. And then the seven-year tribulation, which leads up to Jesus' second coming, right. the false teachers and false prophets will all be in service of one false teacher mm. and one false messiah, and that's the Antichrist and the false prophet. 
Excellent point. And Nathan, also for, uh, again, for those of you that maybe just tuned into the program, we are looking at 2 John. Uh, we're looking at verses 7 and 8 right now, talking about the bodily return of the Lord. Uh, so you can follow along with us. Nathan, another verse, verse 8 really um, struck me because it says, and it puts it personal. It says, look to yourselves that we do not lose those things uh, we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. And the Bible talks about rewards, but it also talks about a full reward. In other words, Nathan, we don't want to lose anything that we worked so hard for in the Lord. Right. And now, we're going to fall for certain deceptions. Nobody can say they know and understand the Bible 100%. It's right. constant work as we're, as we're in the process of sanctification to understand the Bible and read it, to have the Holy Spirit guide us, to earnestly seek the Lord. Uh, you know, we don't want to lose those things. We're working for them. Yes. We can't lose our salvation when we're earnestly seeking the Lord, but we can lose our reward if we fall for false prophets. Because when we do, we're off track. We're teaching the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. We're not serving the Lord like we should. We're not loving the people like we should. And uh, the apostles were very, very strong. Both John and Paul and others wanted to, were really concerned about their heavenly rewards. Yes. The, the works that the Holy Spirit does through us will be rewarded in heaven one day. And yeah. the apostles didn't want to lose those rewards. Likewise, we as Christians should not want to lose our heavenly reward yeah. by falling into heresy and false doctrine. You know, Nathan, and one of the uh, one of the rewards that I love that the Bible talks about, or the crowns, if you will, uh, talks about for those that are looking for his appearing. So anyone that's tuned into this program, anyone that studies biblical prophecy, anyone that's every day waking up and saying, Lord, could today be that day that you're going to return? The Bible promises rewards and crowns just for that. Right. There's actually a few types of crowns. There's a pastor's crown, for instance, for those like you, Vic, who serve as pastors and have a pastor's heart. There's for those who overcome persecution, there's those for righteousness. And there's a crown even promised for those who earnestly seek the Lord. Yeah. Brother, you and me, you're going to get a few crowns, Vic. I know it's good <laughs> You fall under a lot of these categories here, but they're in the crown, which we use as an eternal act of worship by setting it before the feet of, of Jesus Christ to, yeah. to show that, hey, you know, we've been anxious for Jesus Christ to come back. He, he wants us to be anxious. You know, it's, it's a travesty that the church is asleep at the wheel. They're so concerned about yeah. daily living and not about Jesus' kingdom, which is what all Christians should be excited about. That's right. The return of Christ and setting up his kingdom. But for those who do, the Lord has a special reward for you and has a special crown. Yeah. And you know, Nathan, I think you just right now, I really believe you're encouraging someone because there's a lot of people out there, Christians, uh, ready to give up. They're losing hope. They're losing sight of what's going on. Uh, they're wondering what's happening around the world. Uh, we saw this uh, a tsunami that just occurred again. And you and I were actually teaching this a number of years ago when we had the other tsunami, right? And, and, and people are, are losing hope. And, and, but yet the Bible says, don't lose hope. Continue to look to the Lord. Don't lose your rewards. Be encouraged. And I just see that all over this verse. We as Christians need to keep our encouragement up. Yeah, it's, it's going to get worse. Jesus said, you know, the false prophets and Messiah, that's one of ten signs in Luke 21 that Jesus gave that would indicate the end times. And we're living in those times. But And here we should do what the Apostle John here is doing by writing this church and saying, hey, yeah. you know, <laughs> here, let me tell you the difference between false prophets and, and true, and then let me encourage you. He, he says, 
at the end, he, he wants to write this person, and he, he, in verse 12, he says, Having many things to write, I do not wish to do so on paper, ten, but I hope to come to you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. Love that. And that's what it, brother, when Christians get together and we get excited about the Lord's return, mm. and we share our joys and our triumphs, the Holy Spirit's doing for us, our joy may be full. And that's what the yeah. Lord wants. Praise the Lord. And again, for those of you that are tuned into the program, this is very uh, personal. It should be personal for you as you continue to serve God, as you continue to strive, as you continue. Don't let anyone trip you up or steal your reward. The Bible says here that the Lord wants to give you a full reward. And I don't know exactly what that looks like in your life, but based on your faithfulness to the Lord, you can be sure that God has a, something wonderful uh, in store for you. Uh, so, Nathan, again, uh, wonderful verses. You, we talked about abiding in Christ uh, in First uh, John. Here, from verse 9 and 11, once again, we keep hearing those words, abide. In other words, it's like, hang in there, right? Right. You find that word abide throughout the New Testament. One who abides in Christ, you know? It's like a, a bird, a mama bird, putting her wing over her child, her little chick, and, and, and that's the bird, the little chick is abiding in her mother. It's just being protected by her mother. It's drawing close, getting warmth, and getting protection from the wing of her mother. Likewise, we are Christians should abide in Christ, draw close to Christ, stay yes. in the Bible, stay in prayer, stay in Christian fellowship, don't fall for false doctrine, don't wander away from Jesus Christ, mm. abide in Christ. Nathan, that's fantastic. I, I mean, as we, I know we don't have a lot of time uh, left of this program, but uh, uh, we have individuals uh, that, that catch our program through social media, different parts of the world. Uh, and uh, again, uh, maybe the Lord has spoken uh, to you today and uh, you have not recognized uh, the reality of, of who Christ is, how he's, he, he loves you, how he's coming back physically. Uh, and uh, we want you to, again, like the Bible talks about here, be willing to confess God, to uh, have a relationship with him. And if you do, your life is going to be changed and transformed. And then you're going to start living life to earn these incredible rewards uh, that we're talking about here. But if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, this is null and void. So we want to give you an opportunity, as we do in every program, so that you will have an opportunity to follow and trust the Lord and to know without a shadow of a doubt that if the Lord came today or tomorrow because you've trusted in him, that you're going to see the Lord face to face. Uh, Nathan, would you be able just to encourage, again, that person that is tuned into the program that maybe doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, maybe how they can start that relationship even right now? It's time to abide in Christ. And you do that by surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. Mm. Praying from your heart, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my yes. sins and be my Lord and Savior. When you confess Jesus as your Savior mm. and in repentance seek his forgiveness, and Jesus becomes your Savior. He takes your sins upon himself. You are now free and clear of the penalty of death, and you inherit eternal life with him. Once you do that, abide in Christ. Again, draw close to Jesus Christ. Draw close to his word. Read the Bible and pray and find Christian fellowship in a local church. Mm, absolutely. Thank you so much, Nathan. And maybe you've just trusted in Christ. This is a great opportunity, like we oftentimes say, to find a good Bible 
teaching church, one that teaches you the word and Bible prophecy and, and get plugged in there, begin, in, begin to grow, begin to use your gifts and talents so that you can earn uh, your rewards. We believe the Lord is coming back very, very soon, according to scripture, and uh, we want to be ready. Uh, so Nathan, what, what an amazing passage, right, Nathan? These wonderful nuggets tucked in these small little books. I'm impressed, man, that the Lord laid this on your heart. You know, how many people look at Second John in depth? And uh, I just praise the Lord that he led you there. Well, thank you, Nathan. And thank you also for opening up those scriptures and encouraging our viewers and our listeners. And of course, we're pretty much out of time for this segment of the program, but we pray that you will continue to stay close to the Lord. And Nathan, it's always a pleasure to have you on the program as my co-host. I'm glad you were back this week. Hey, brother. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. And of course, uh, we ran out of time for this segment of the program, but Vic Batista and Nathan Jones, uh, we want to say goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. And again, keep looking up. The Lord is coming back very, very soon. We hope you have a wonderful day. <laughs>